Today is March 24th, and we were joined by Yankees prospect Clark Schmidt today as we recorded from my apartment in New York. Let's do it. Let's talk Yanks. Clark Schmidt. Recaps galore for weekly awards. Stat lines, steaming hot takes. Your Yankees news with these two fine dudes. It's time for Talking Yanks. Talking Yanks with old John Boy. John Boy and Jake. Clark Schmidt. Talking Yanks with old John Boy. John Boy and Jake. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Talking Yanks. My name is John Boy, and sitting next to me is my co-host and good friend, Jake. We are in my apartment in Manhattan because the quarantine has shut down John Boy Media headquarters. It is a non-essential office space. Non-essential company. Opinion. Yeah, right? Hard opinion. Jake, how are you doing? I think to a lot of people, what we do is essential to their day-to-day. I agree. Wow. James, how are yeah. you? Um, yeah, it was, it was when that came out, it's kind of funny. I mean, they literally put the <laughs> illegal yes on, on booze stores being open. That's insane to me. Yeah. It's uh, a real, like, look in the face. Yeah, right. At the country. Yeah, and it's... <laughs> I think it's the right decision. Which Liquor is the stores worst are part. <clears throat> no, I don't think it's the right. Decision. Liquor stores are essential. Come on, I think so. Um, but you no, know, and it's it's crazy, and we know everyone out there is dealing with it. So thanks for dealing with us. Damn, I'm good. Um, uh, but yeah, no, it's crazy. I mean, you start thinking about like laundry places, like those are essential. Those or? are essential, but I don't think they were listed in the original package. You know, it it starts getting crazy. What is essential? You know, where do I get my coffee? Um, probably not essential, but that's neither here nor there. If liquor's essential, then coffee's essential. I uh, I mean, there's an argument to be made there, right? Yeah. Um, so that's for you guys to bicker about with your people you're trapped with in your quarantine. Um, I walked through Central Park to get here. Yeah, and then hopped on the B briefly, but I'm going to tell everyone I walked here, and that'll be part of my story. Um. As my grandpa was famous for walking through the the town of Derby, Connecticut with a sack of potatoes, I walked across Manhattan. And you're wearing your grandpa's hat. And I'm wearing my grandpa's hat. It all comes full circle. Wow. Wow. Heavy. Yeah. I mean, obviously not much news. You know what there was? You know what Brian Hoke said? He's not allowed into spring training, but Severino was. Sevy's in there doing something. Well, actually, Clark. Spoiler. Clark, spoiler, who we talked to, said that rehabbing players are still allowed in. Yeah. So that's good job. Anyway, uh, there's not much. We're going to try and get as many interviews as we can while during this hiatus, and uh, we'll do voicemail episodes as well. So next Thursday, Friday, Thursday night, we will record the voicemail episode that gets released on Friday. So call in to the voicemail line, which is 980... Damn, I haven't voiced it in so long. Wow. 989008. Nine, strike that, reverse Let's it. Let's start it from the top. 908-845-5792. That's the voicemail Do line. Do we want a theme or anything? Theme is uh, questions. 
questions. Opening day memories. Opening day Ooh. questions. Baseball. Baseball's a good theme. Or not. Yeah. I'm okay with either. Okay. Open-ended. The Your theme guys' is, call. The theme is grab bag. Okay. What's your favorite kind of grab bag? My, I, we've discussed this. I forget if it was on here or JJR. Tune in. Um, my, we do a secret Santa or white elephant every year, and there's supposed to be a theme on it. And the theme, like, two years ago um, was, <laughs> it was, like, open-ended, or it was, like, do what you want with it. And it was, like, that's not anti-theme. Um, and, yeah, that, my sister still hasn't recovered from that. I remember you telling me that story yeah. before. It's a bad, I'm with your <laughs> it sister. It was tough. It was tough. I'm with her. It was, it came in with really, really good intentions. It was also fair to be like, well, that, it was anti-theme. Yeah. But that's, and that's this week's voicemail episode. So that is 908 and the rest of the numbers Jimmy said before. 854, Chad Green, Roger Maris, Derek Jeter. 845 maybe. I don't know. Didn't I say 845? You said 854 right then. Oh, it's 845 for sure. Okay. Eight four five five. It's on our Twitter and it's our Instagram, there. and are are everywhere. Just go find it on your own. Sure, gotta do everything for you. All right, um, let's go straight to this interview that we had with Clark Schmidt. I will play the interview. Oh no! What? You're getting too excited for interview warning music. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm just trying to do the. The interview interlude that we do here on Talking Yanks. Here we go. Oh, back to back. <laughs> belly to belly. We are joined by Yankees pitching prospect Clark Schmidt. Clark, how you doing, brother? I'm doing great. How are you guys? We're good, man. We are <laughs> in my extra, my spare bedroom of my apartment, riding out the quarantine <laughs> in, in New York City. Uh, and you're in Atlanta, back home? Yeah, I- yeah, back home in Atlanta with the family, kind of, kind of doing not not a spare bedroom, but um, I am uh, quarantining with the family. I guess you could say uh, we're all hanging out here in suburbs of uh, Atlanta. Are you? I mean, are you getting the the quarantine crazies yet? I mean, are you still settling in? Because I know I I think uh, I think everybody's somewhat getting it. I I my my mom's like any other mom, and she's. She's, uh, you know, she's a stickler on it, and she wants everybody, rightfully so. I mean, she, she's doing what all moms do, and make sure that we do all the precautions and stuff like that. And so I, I get it from her all the time. So, yeah, I mean, just watching a lot of Netflix and uh, playing a lot of video games, I guess, and doing what you can do, working out and stuff like that. What's your, uh, what's your Netflix show right now? Um, so actually I got into, uh, I recently got into formula one, the, the F1 documentary, it's uh-huh. like a two season thing so far. Um, and it's, it's insane. I love that show. It's, it's actually really sick. And you're, you're kind of a reality show guy, right? We, we got some yeah. notes on you. We got some notes yeah, on you. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Huge so, reality TV show guy. I love it. It's, so, that's, that's great entertainment. So are you just planning on getting lost in there? Are you going to, can you like rewatch reality TV? I don't know. That's not, that's no. not something. I mean, I, well, I guess you could maybe. I've actually rewatched uh, Jersey Shore before. And it was, it was, I think it was better the second time. Through the first. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I don't know. I, I think the challenge is coming out. Um, yeah. Yeah, I was. I'm a challenge it, junkie, and uh, oh yeah. So yeah, I was love the challenge. I was just told. I stopped watching, and then I was told that it got good again. 
uh, the last two yeah, seasons. So I, I think it's better than it was before. Now it's whoa. just it, the, the drama. The drama is real good now. So I went back. I watched the last two seasons, and it is good. They went back to that producer. I got to ask: Are you a Johnny Bananas guy? Love Johnny Bananas. I am. I'm all in on Johnny Bananas. I love. I'm here for the drama. He's 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 good. He's good TV. He makes a really good TV, and he he's just a rattlebox. He's in everybody's head. And it's it's hilarious to watch. And then, do you do you appreciate Zen Dad CT as much as Crazy Angry CT? Because I appreciate no, that. I, no, yeah, right. yeah. I want I want old CT back. I want I want <laughs> Rip CT. I, I I always think back to uh, the CT. I don't know. A lot of people might not know the Johnny Banana scene where they're in the they're in the uh, the backpack. I don't know. But yeah, and he like throws on his backpack and just runs off with them. That that thing is that's biggest scene ever it's the most powerful scene in sports history that's <laughs> yeah I, I mean I, I, i'm not some even would a, say. Yeah, some I, would say. i'm not even a huge challenge guy but like i've got that that stuck in my head of ct with the locked legs legs just <laughs> stomping on and it's yep. unreal that's putting it lightly that's just the most athletic thing ever <laughs> yeah no it, yeah. i like old ct zen ct cracks me up a little bit and then and then all these uk <laughs> guys i was I was nervous, but some of them are pretty good. Like Bear is great for entertainment reasons. Yeah, he's he's great TV. He's I mean anybody who just gets in people's heads like that and just gets people riled up, I just I'm all here for it. I mean that's just when people are freaking out because they they're just they're just mentally weak, and then then Miller or uh, Johnny Bananas and Bear just crack them like an egg. Like it's so easy. Are you a uh... On the field, are you a light switch guy? Like, do you go into game mode? Like, the CC Sabathia, he's like a guy on the challenge. Like, when he steps in between the lines, he turns right, into right. like an, a crazy CT yeah. or like an angry person just screaming and yelling, especially with the Tampa race yeah. stuff. Yeah, I'm definitely – I would definitely say I'm like that. It's kind of like um, you try to you try to have not an alter ego, but you kind of just have two different like – personalities and just like one you I definitely am way different than how I am when I'm on the field or like game days like even the day that I'm pitching I like I'm I'm, I'm that guy that you know everybody talks about like you don't really want to talk around talk about or be around or that's me on game days like I like every other day I'm like always calling my family like just keeping in touch with them and letting them know what's going on but like when game days happen like I don't get a call from them at all until after the game like and they just they just know to not really not really mess with me, and then um, like during the game I'm just like super competitive kid and like I've always been like that. Um, so yeah, I've always been like super fiery on the field and uh, not easily set off, but just like you know you're you're on edge and you're just ready to you're you're just like kind of that killer mentality and just like that attack. Um, and so yeah, whenever I see CC's clips or anybody's clips of him getting fired up, of, like during games, especially during, like you said, during the Tampa Bay Rays and stuff like that. Um, I can think about a lot of games like that when I was in college um, in some of the SEC games and stuff like that, doing that. Um, so, yeah, I'm definitely like that. Maybe maybe a little bit more than I should be, but, yeah, I'm definitely one of those fiery guys out there. No, no such thing as too much. Got to let it all out. <laughs> when, when did that start? Because I, I, I think that's interesting because that is an old – it's an old baseball thing. And I'm like, were you, you know – 10 year old little league. And it was like, mom, don't talk to me on game day. Or was it college or when, when, when did that officially happen? Um, yeah. So I think like for me and when I was in high school, so I grew up with a brother who's two years older than me and he was always like way better than me at everything. And he was really good at baseball. Um, in high school, like he, he, I mean, he turned down really high draft pick and stuff like that. So 
it was always one of those things where he like kind of pushed me to be better. And it was just like, I, I just always had a chip on my shoulder because I was kind of a late developer in high school. I mean, I was always good and very talented, probably one of the more, more talented players on the team, but I was never like that guy, like where you look at him and you're like, oh, this guy's going to be, this guy's a major league baseball player, or this guy's like, a, he could dominate the SEC or something like that. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, it was a, I was a late bloomer. And then when I got to my junior, senior year of high school, it was like, this guy, you just don't even want to, you don't even want to play against. Cause I, I was just, I don't know. I just started, it built up and I was kind of, I, I always played with the chip on my shoulder and then I started to um, throw a little harder and I got a lot better and just, I was just a lot more talented than I was when I was younger. Um, and it was just, it just took a whole nother level where, I mean, I can think back to games where like um, in high school where there was, whether, you know, whether it was bad umpiring or something like that, not me just yelling or berating the umpires. It was just, I would always just I'm, – I'm not afraid to say what's on my mind, especially when I'm out there. Um, and it was one of those things where whenever you're – whenever I'm playing against you, it's like I'm just like – I just have that killer mentality where it's like I just want to destroy you. And, and, and kind of like I was watching the uh, the Sunny Gray podcast talking with Trevor Bauer, and they were talking about um, just their mentalities when they're pitching. It was like they put it perfectly just whenever you're out there. It's just like this feeling that – you just want to, whenever you're, whenever, whatever hitter I'm facing, I want to make sure that they just don't want to ever face me. Like when they look at the lineup card in the morning, I want to make sure that, you know, they're, that they're, they're kind of like, oh crap, I got to face him again. So it's kind of one of those feelings where you just want to intimidate the hitter as much as you can and uh, kind of just put as much fear as you can into them and just, you know, completely dominate them to where you, they don't want to face you again. And so, uh, and that's how I am in anything, whether it's like around the house, whether I'm playing ping pong with my brother or with my boys or, playing pool or just whatever I'm doing in the backyard or golf, whatever it is, I want to beat you so bad that, you know, you just don't want to play it anymore. And uh, that's kind of how I've always been. How's, uh, how's the ping pong game? I know the Yankees did the, their whole competition yeah, in the spring. I was, uh, I'm, I'm pretty good at ping pong. I think I made it to the uh, final four. Or I think I made it to the lead eight. Um, Not bad. I got a, yeah, so it wasn't bad. I was a pretty high seed too. So I, I mean, I had some high expectations going in. I, I ended up facing, uh, a little underdog in uh, Trey Ambergie, and he um, he was a low key like white horse, just just sliding in, beating everybody. Nobody expected him to do it. Um, uh, did did you get beat by Trey Ambergie? Or yeah, yeah, or I did got, yeah, I okay. got beat by him. So he he was. I think he ended up making it to like I don't. I, I know he made it to the final four. I want to say he made it super deep. So I mean he um, he was a big underdog. I think so. What they did was they would ask you like, well, how good you think you are. And then, like, other people would, like, vouch for you, and they would say, like, your rankings. <laughs> Who was and, in charge of uh, all the rankings? Uh, I don't know. I think it was uh, Chad. I think it was Chad, one of our mental strength guys. And so okay. I think um, – Damn, he, mental um, strength coach walking around asking yeah, you to I be know, honest. Exactly. That's messed up. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was serious. It took it serious. <laughs> so, uh, so I think he – I think he's – you know, he sandbagged it a little bit. I think he's put – because he was a low seed. And he had he was just just mowing through guys, so I think he sandbagged it. I don't know. Wow, I went to a ping pong tournament uh, freshman year of college, and I showed up, yeah. and I had only ever played my dad and my brother, and I was pretty good against them. And then I go to college, and it was the whole tennis team was there, and this one dude just rope doped me. I beat him in warm ups. So I was like this guy, and then he just absolutely destroyed me. I left. <laughs> it's kind of ner- it's it's honestly like it was low key nerve wracking. Like the first round. Like, I was, like, a, a three seed or a four seed, and I was playing a really low seed. And so it was, like, uh, you're supposed to dominate them. It's just, like, <laughs> you know how it is? It's, like, everybody's watching you, and you're, like, dude, there's no way I should lose this guy. So you're, like, 
And it's just like messed up. You, you don't, not every day you're practicing ping pong. I hadn't played for like months. And so it was like one of those things where you just got to really lock in. I was like, I'm not losing this game. <laughs> was uh, was there like a cheering section during all this? Did like guys stand around and watch yeah, everything? Yeah, it was, it, was, it was intense. I mean, we had – so if you – so there was a bunch of tables at first, and then, like, the later rounds, they would move more tables to where, like, guys could kind of, like, not necessarily surround the table, but, I mean, there was a big circle. Like, everybody would stay – I mean, all the player development – not the player development, all the uh, coaching staff and everybody, and then all the players. I mean, everybody stuck around, and, it, you know, it was it got pretty intense. Um, but the championship, Kyle Holder, he just completely dominated. Um yeah, it was just—it wasn't even a competition for him. He—he he was season nasty. He's next level. Yeah, I mean, we're again, we're we're semi connected to this Yankees world, and we we got word that he was the favorite going in. So, I mean, when you've got that kind of <laughs> reputation, I mean, that's yeah, he's got a lot of clout. That, <laughs> that's pretty crazy. Did he Look, come with his own paddle? Did anyone come with their own paddle? Uh, so no, nobody came with their own paddle. I wish, thinking back on it, I wish I did. I wish I brought my own table because some of the tables, were like, you know. You know, I'm being a stickler here, but you know, we were one of some of the tables. There were like the real like ping pong material table, and then some were like a like a plasticky table, so you couldn't really wow. spin the ball or anything. So yeah, it was it was it's like playing in a opposing away park or something. Like it, it definitely threw a curveball in the mix. Yeah. Curveball in the mix. Segway. We we will talk a little baseball in here. We do that sometimes. <laughs> let's um let let's go back a little bit. You you're a South Carolina guy, right? Or you went you mm-hmm. went to ga- cocky, go uh, Cox. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, yeah, so I'm from Atlanta and then I went to uh went to University of South Carolina. Okay, and a big bro was Clemson? Yep, Clemson. And I mean in South Carolina that's that's as big as a beef gets. I mean, how did that yeah. go down? Yeah, so um yeah, he's two years older than me, uh, and like I said, he was he was a pretty much a stud. Like he was one of the perfect game All Americans and all those guys. One of those, you know, he just had a lot of recognition coming out of high school, and so he went to Clemson. Um, and when I was coming up, my junior senior year or my junior sophomore junior year, when I was getting heavily recruited by a bunch of schools, like you know, I was trying to figure out where I was going to go. Um, it was one of those things where I pretty much, I mean, yeah, I was like I was a late bloomer, but I did have a lot of looks. I was like, I was like one of those kids where it's like, oh, this kid's gonna be really good for a college player, but I, you know, I, I don't know about the next, like, I don't know about anything after that. Um, so for me, I was, you know, I, my sophomore junior year, I started getting looks at most of, the, most of the SEC schools, um, and then a lot of the ACC schools. And I had a, I had my growing up, my favorite team was uh, UGA, just being a Georgia kid. Um, so I was thinking, I was always like, oh, I'm gonna end up going here, like. And after I visited Georgia, I was like, no, nah, I don't think I really want to go there. And my brother was already at Clemson. And everybody – and Clay, my brother, and everybody else was already assuming that I was just going to go end up playing at Clemson with him. And then it just like, got down to the decision time. And I was like, you know, I think I'm just going to cut my own path. Like, Because at the time, he had such a big name for himself. And I was like, I'm going to go make a name for myself and kind of do my own thing at South Carolina. And what better way to do that than, uh, than have a little family rivalry and add a little competition. So it was it was a lot of fun. And – yeah, it's intense. I guess you could say Thanksgivings and Christmases were always intense around that time, especially when we were there together. And um, we were always we'd always go back and forth, and um, it's it was all in good fun, and it was a, it was a lot of fun, uh, especially because we got to play against each other for two years, so it was it was fun. Does he he was a pitcher as well, right? Yeah. So he um, my sophomore year, I was a Friday night starter, and then he was the Saturday night Saturday starter. 
so we I we thought going into the year we were going to face each other both times, um, but we ended up pitching against each other on different days. Um, but yeah, it was still it's still just as intense, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, especially I don't know if it was as fun for my parents, just because how <laughs> nerve wracking it was, but it was definitely a lot of fun for us. What was his pitch mix? You have that same curve yeah. that you got. Yeah, yeah. So he was a uh, yeah. He had some, he had some good off speed stuff. Uh, he's a, he was more of a changeup guy. He had a big changeup and a, a big slider. So, uh, but yeah, he actually. I, I think um, it was my sophomore year. I went out and threw like it was. It was. I went and threw like I, I don't know the exact line, but I, it was like eight shutout innings, something like that, on Friday night. And the the next the next day, Clay was pitching against us, and he went out and threw like. He went on through like a perfect game through five innings or something like oh, that. Oh wow! So it was like, That's tough. Yeah, I know. So it was like he had to try to one up me or something like that. Of course, he had to do that. So. <laughs> were backyard wiffle ball games boring growing up? Were you guys just mowing no. each other down? Yeah, it was just it was just families breaking up, mom breaking up fights, <laughs> just going at each other tooth and nail. Um, and that's how we've always been. It's just like we're it's just whatever we're doing. It's like you're we're going at each other's throats. Like we're we're trying to beat each other so bad is clayt home during quarantine times with you guys as well yeah he's uh he's uh quarantining it up with uh, uh -oh. with the whole family oh yeah. wow so you guys got to break out the ping pong table and the wiffle balls then yeah we're playing we're like doing the call of duty thing and doing the, the ping pong and uh well me and him will just go golfing just ourselves sometimes and yeah. it's just, make, be, make mom happy sense. yeah exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> What um uh, we we were going through this. We like to prepare a little bit, not too much. That's yeah. not our strength. But I mean, <laughs> the the year you get drafted, I mean, you're you're the Gamecocks ace. Uh, you're cruising. Uh, you go down. You have to get TJ, and then you know you end up being the first round pick of the New York Yankees. And obviously, that speaks to us a little a little more than other people. But I mean, it's the Yankees. Mm -hmm. And right. I I mean, was that time period just a goddamn roller coaster ride? Or I mean, did you yeah. have People, I, I, I mean, I'll give it to you, man. Like, what, what was going on then? Yeah, it was, uh, it was a insane. Like, just the whole process of it. Like, I didn't, nobody, because I, you know, you obviously knew about the draft process and how it works. But then when something like this happens, you're just like, what, what is going on? Like, what do we do now? Um, so yeah, I had the, the, the surgery like a month, almost like a month to the T before the draft. Um, and so at the time, I was just like. I don't know if I'm going to go back to school. I don't know if I'm going to get drafted. And then, like, once the dust kind of settled, like, and everybody, like, took a step back, like, after that first week of just, like, initial shock and, like, the surgery and school and do, traveling and doing all that. After we took a step back from that, it was kind of like, okay, you're, we're still, we're going to do the draft route. Like, um, you know, I talked with my agent and everybody, and they're, they, we had a good plan laid out, um, and we set some numbers in place, and it was like, this is what we're shooting for. Um, and going into it, like I knew my name was getting thrown around a lot. And then once it got like closer and closer to the draft, I knew, I didn't know for sure, but it got to the, it almost got to the night of the draft. And I was like, all right, I know for sure. I'm probably going to the first round. Um, there was a bunch of teams. There was like, there was like four or five teams in the back end of the first round that were definitely going to take me. And we knew, and then the Yankees were like one of those like dark horse teams that kind of came up and they were like, and they were, they were like mid first round. And they were like, look, we're we're kind of we're not all, we're all in on you, but we're we're trying to just see how it plays out. And then once it came down to the pick, they ended up taking me, and it was just, just like it was unbelievable feeling. Um, you know, it was, I was just so thankful for for Damon and all the guys that went into it and the whole process. 
was just it, they made it a lot easier I mean it was just one of those things where you really don't know even like after I got drafted like I didn't know how the rehab was going to go I didn't know where I was going to go to do my rehab and they just every every single thing that we had questions about they answered and they just made the process so much easier and it was it went a lot easier than within uh, the night after you know I tore my UCL I was freaking out that whole night I mean you don't sleep at all and you're just like what's going to happen um going from that to, to draft night is just just two different completely different emotions and feelings and to be able to kind of have those parallel is, was a great feeling yeah it's insane so is there is there a scout that works that area because we were looking at it and montgomery went to south carolina it's a little uh, Yan- yeah. little yankees gamecock pipeline right now yeah i know we had taylor widener dom thompson um yeah so there's a uh the area scout was billy godwin um what a name. he's now yeah, I know. <laughs> that's a baseball name, huh? <laughs> and he's uh, he's now a uh, coach at UNC Wilmington, I want to say. Um, so yeah, he was the area scout at the time. Um, but obviously, like Damon and all the all the player development guys and scouting department, they you know they're the ones that call the shots, I guess. But yeah, Billy was the one who got me drafted. So um, it was we actually had a call like in passing, like probably like three days before the draft. I think I was in an airport somewhere. And he just like called me like casually, just like, Hey, how you doing? Like just checking in. He's like, Oh, by the way, hopefully that we we get you like hopefully, you know, your name falls falls to us. Um, and I was like, Okay, I just didn't think anything of it and then next thing you know, like two days later I'm getting a call from him saying that, you know, that we we picked you. So it was insane. Yeah, that's crazy. And then I mean your start, so like your draft story, as soon as you get drafted, did you have the surgery already and we're already re- you're already recovering? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I already had I had a month in um, but like the first month, obviously you're not doing anything. You're just getting stitches out, just like hanging out, moving your arm barely, not if any. Um, and so then I basically did my whole rehab with, with the Yankees. I mean, I, after I got drafted, um, once I signed, I ended up going down to Tampa and just spending my whole year or whatever it was, um, rehabbing with those guys. I mean, that's a crazy story. It's crazy. Like Jake said, had to be an absolute whirlwind. Are you, uh, so whenever we resume baseball, we kind of talked about how you're a reality show junkie. If you get mm-hmm. up, you get up to Scranton, you become yeah on a reality <laughs> show. Are you excited for that? <laughs> they uh, they're homegrown. They have their own reality oh, show. Homegrown. Oh, okay. I was yeah. You have me. Have you, you have me lost for a second? Have you been <laughs> on there yet? No. So we had uh, when we were down to spring training. Uh, the Yes Network people were down there who, who I think they're the ones who run the homegrown stuff and they were talking about it and uh, saying that they, they were really hoping to get me on there. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm all for it, for all sure. Right. Anything anything reality TV, I'm all in on, right? Yeah, there you go. And I mean, shit, I, you know, screw Scranton, get to New York, right? Um, <laughs> That's exactly but, right. Hopefully, I, hopefully I'm not having to go get on homegrown. And I mean, let's, <laughs> I, I, again, the, the baseball a little bit, I, you know, it's, uh, we we get caught up in some of the generic baseball terms, but I mean, you were a fast riser, and I mean, it makes sense. You're a college guy, you know. You have TJ, and then and then you start cooking last year, and you you were what at three different levels last year. Uh, so yeah, I'm basically two different levels. I had to do I had like a three week DL stint, so I, then gotcha. I had to do like a couple outings down in rookie ball, uh, for like a for basically build up purposes. But um, yeah, so I started in high A, and then. Um, then finished in double A. Okay. And, uh, I, I know we, we got excited and we, 
well, I'm, I got to be careful how I phrase this because Twitter will come at me. But um, we we enjoyed Larry Rothschild. I mean, he's he's been around baseball for years. But there was something right. very exciting when Matt Blake comes in. We like we like adding an accent to it because we think that sounds like a better baseball name. But um, <laughs> did did you get to work with Matt Blake a lot, or I, I guess with Matt Blake's people? Because I we were saying like who's who's going to be excited about this? Because I mean, if you're Masahiro Tanaka, if you're Araldis Chapman, I mean, I think Matt Blake. Kind kind of gives you a thumbs up and says, Hey, if you, you guys need anything, let me know. But I feel for, for someone like you, who's, you know, Mm -hmm. an opportunity to make the team or, or just at that point in your career where, you know, if, if Matt Blake can add a mile per hour here or some, some spin there, I mean, that, that could do wonders for you. So did, did you have a lot of opportunity to work with him or or how was that process? Yeah. So, uh, he's been awesome. And being in the, in big league camp, he was, we spent as much time as we could together. I mean, it's thankfully spring training is not over yet. So, uh, or at least hopefully it's not. Uh, so when we, you know, we spent a lot of time working on stuff, like not necessarily like, uh, you know, velocity or anything like that. Cause I, that wasn't one of the things going into it that I wanted to work on. Um, one of the things, some of the things that I wanted to work on would be like uh, pitch selection and like pitch uses. So we would sit down with like the analytical team and kind of go over stuff like that. Um, you know, just kind of like how to attack hitters almost necessarily. Um, and then we talked a lot about um, just some mechanical, small mechanical things, whether it be like staying deeper on my back leg or um, just how I'm opening up. And uh, he was, he, he, he's one of those guys, he knows a lot about the back leg, like leg drive and, and lower half mechanics. Um, he's so good with the, the lower half mechanics. He was like, I mean, he was a big part of that with the Cleveland organization. I mean, you see Clevenger and Bauer, the way they throw in their, in their lower half. Um, and I've kind of always been one of those guys who's not necessarily a drop and drive guy, my lower half, but I've definitely, you know, the lower half is my main, my main driving force for, for my pitching mechanics. Um, so kind of just working on and kind of fine tuning that with him, uh, is what's one of the things that we would spend, spend time on in bullpens and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, he was great to bounce ideas off of and, um, just kind of, get our minds together and, and kind of figure out, you know, whether it be efficiencies on pitches and stuff like that, what, what the most optimal would be for me um, and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was, it was a lot. Of, I learned a lot and, you know, uh, hopefully I get to spend a lot more time with him throughout the year as well. So it was, it was really good. Yeah. All right, so you put that curveball on display this spring. I mean, pitching ninja had you, everyone was giving yeah. it up. Is that curveball? part of your arsenal for years now is that where you were thrown in college or that um, kind of yeah. shape to it is that new yeah so it's kind of interesting the way it's um yeah it's crazy how it's blown up like <laughs> I, you know i mean it's nasty man it so, i've watched it like a yeah. hundred times <laughs> i appreciate it um so yeah in college i threw a slider and a curveball and like the slider so for me in college it was my slider like that was what I, I mean, like, I struck out, like, all – I mean, if you look at, like – if you go back and look at my strikeouts, about 70% of them were on my slider. Um, and it, what it was was it was kind of a different grip. And so I threw a slider and a curve, and I would throw that curve that I'm throwing now. I would throw it mainly to lefties or just people, to get people off my slider. And um, so when I was throwing the slider, it was a lot slower, and the shape was just – I mean, it would be – it was the shape was not inconsistent, but it was just – it was a really depthy slider – it was one of those, it was like, it was, it had the speed of like Chris Sales, but it didn't have like the horizontal break of it. It kind of had a lot more depth. 
it was like 78 to 82 range and it would just it was just a really big swing and miss pitch on it like just I got a lot of hitters they just couldn't really see the spin on it but it wasn't one of those pitches where you see it and you're like oh my gosh like the break is insane on it yeah, yeah. um so then when I got to when I after when I was done rehabbing with the Yankees uh Danny Burrell at the time was who was our pitching coordinator was like hey let's just bag the slide bag the slider and focus on fastball curveball change because I throw two different fastballs so that would still be a four to five pitch mix are you are you um, horrified in that moment or are you excited because I mean I... yeah so at the time yeah at the time I was like what what do you mean like, <laughs> like I literally like I'm my sophomore year I struck out like 130 guys and like probably 110 of them were on sliders like yeah. I was like what are you what are you talking about um and he was like yeah let's just trust it and like we're just gonna focus on because the slider was a different grip and I kind of slowed down my arm a little bit more for it because I was throwing it to the flow and so when um so I just was like all right whatever I'm gonna bag it so I bagged it and then I started throwing the curve and at the time before my curve was probably like it was around the same range it was like 82 to 84 83 and it had similar shape and that's why we wanted to bag it because it had so much both of the both the pitches kind of resembled each other so much, and they thought that that my curveball was going to spin harder, um, so they were just like stick with this one, uh, let's focus on this one. So I ended up focusing on it, and then throughout the year I kept throwing it, and then the next year when I came back, which would be last year, my first full year, um, I was throwing it, and I would throw it so much that it would like the velocity just started picking up on it, and the spin just got crazy high on it. I mean, I, I probably when I first started throwing my curve, it was like right around 26, 2700 uh, RPM. And then when I started throwing it more, like like in spring training this year, it was spinning around like 3000, 3100. I would get it up to 3100 sometimes. Um, so I was just throwing it so much. My arm speed just got a lot better. Uh, and it was in the velocity picked up on it to where it was like 84, 86. And it was just, it just took a whole nother level of like a whole nother plane to break on it once I started throwing it harder and spinning it harder. Um, and so, yeah, it just took a whole nother, and it also helped out my fastball because, you know, with the slider, I wasn't, my arm speed was slower because I was trying to, you know, guide my slider a little bit more. Um, so when I started throwing the, the breaking ball and it's, it sped up my arm a lot more. And so my velocity and my fastball picked up as well. And just, it helped, it kind of helped all my metrics on all my pitches. Um, and so, yeah, the shape that you see now is kind of not what you saw. I mean, you see it in college. I've always been one of those guys who, who could spin the ball really well. Like even in high school, like I never really threw really hard. So it was one of those things where I just, I was always really, really good at throwing breaking pitches where I wanted to. So it was one of those things where I learned how to pitch before I learned how to throw hard. And then when I got to college, I started throwing hard and having like the command of my breaking ball. So it just took my game the next level. Yeah. Um, that's a nice way to go about that. Yeah, a lot of people, you see guys just throw like 95, 96 in high school. They're like, oh, we're going to make you a pitcher. And then they got to learn how to pitch. But for me, it was backwards. I was like, I was that guy that just threw like 88, 89, 90. And I really command the breaking balls or my changeups wherever I wanted to. And then it got to where I threw really hard. And then it was like, uh, it kind of made me the whole pitcher, I guess you could say. Crazy. So, I mean, so when you throw those, the pitches in spring training, and they're blowing up on Twitter and you're opening eyes and you know I see it and I'm like, holy shit. And I think every other Yankee fan, was there anyone within camp? Like did Matt Blake, did like Higgy, the catcher, some hitters in, in live BP? Was there any of that, that did you, like opening eyes where people were like, yo, dude, that was nasty. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I think the recognition I got more in camp was bigger. I was almost bigger than I, what I got outside. Like, I mean, the amount of people I had in the, in the locker room coming up to me, uh, talking about my breaking ball, whether they were giving me shit or they were just like, dude, that thing's nasty. It was, it was kind of hilarious. I mean, I threw my live EP, my first one against um, – I threw my first one. I think it was Gary Sanchez and a couple other guys. And even Gary, like, came up to me kind of, and he was like, dude, that breaking ball. Like, you know, in his – in the English, the Spanglish, you know, we, we, got, we got through the conversation. He was like, yo, the breaking ball, it's, it's legit. Like, he was, like, talking about it. Uh, and then after I threw against that Rays game where I struck all those guys out and everybody was, like, hyping it up or whatever it was on Pitch Ninja or whatever, um, there was a bunch of guys, like, uh, Hap came up to me. I, I talked to Hap a little bit about it, and then Garrett Cole came up to me. Every time I see him, he's always making fun of me for my, my power breaking ball. Uh, he's always talking about the, uh, you know, because even his breaking ball is kind of a power breaking ball too. Everything he throws is power, obviously. Um, but he um, he threw, I think his last outing, he threw like a breaking or curveball at like 85, 86 and was like, like trying to making jabs at me talking about my, my breaking ball because it's around the same velocity and stuff. Uh, just calling it a power curve or whatever it is, and so he was. Everybody was giving me shit about it. It was pretty funny. Hey, not a bad guy to be yeah. on his radar, huh? Yeah, I know. I, I think there's worse people to be making fun of me. So it, it, it's good to it's good to be around him and kind of have some banner with him. Yeah, Garrett Cole has never compared my breaking ball with his. Um, <laughs> what a yet, yet, yet. I'm still working on it. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's all you can do, right? You never know. You never know what can happen. Um, so when, when baseball does come back, which it, again, who, who knows, you know, I, I try right. to be the optimist. We'll, we'll see what goes on. It'll be back mm-hmm. at some point. Um, exactly. what's, what's your mindset at? Because, uh, you know, a, again, coming out of this spring training, um, you know, we'll see how different injuries and things work themselves out. But right. I, I mean, is it for you? Are you just, are you kind of in your own world and you know, you're just going to do your best every day or is it kind of like, Hey, I'm going to go out here and shove and try to force their hand or what, what I think it's different for every person. What's kind of your mindset? I think, there? I think my mindset is definitely, I'm going to go out here and shove and kind of try to force their hand. Um, granted, I know that, you know, um, those, those decisions are over my head. Like whether, you know, people come back for injuries or whatever it may be, like all of those, those factors are things that are out of my control and stuff like that. So I truly really don't focus on that at all. Um, if I go out there and I pitch to the level that I'm capable of pitching at and do the things that I know that I'm capable of doing, then I, you know, I might open some eyes that whether, and maybe force a hand, like you said, and kind of make it to where, Hey, maybe we have to have this kid on the roster. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's one of those situations where, like I said, I can't control it. So if, you know, if it happens, it happens. If they want me to go to AAA or whatever it may be and, and get some more innings or whatever it is, you know, uh, obviously – and then at the end of the day, I just want to play baseball. Um, so, you know, I'm down for whatever, obviously. But, you know, like you said, I want to force their hand. I want to go out there. I want to compete. I want to show up every time I go out there. Because, um, you know, whatever, can, you know, anything can happen at this point. Uh, I've seen crazier things happen. But at, at the same time, it's not something that I'm, I'm going to sleep at night. I'm always thinking about it or it's, I'm not losing any sleep over it. It's one of those things where it's just like I'm just going to control what I can control. And that's how I pitch on the field and how I can, how I carry myself and stuff like that. So um, I'll leave those decisions to those, to the guys who make those decisions. Sounds like, sounds like the ideal mindset to me. Sounds pretty good. Sounds like you're pretty good. Not bad. (laughs) Not bad. 
Cool, man. Well, thank you for joining us. We won't take up any more of your time. Maybe I'll be in touch come April 1st. We'll talk some challenge together. I think we get there you go. I think we get a wiffle ball game going. You and me versus the Schmidt bros. Yeah, there we, we go. You guys yeah, have to play lefty you. though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys go lefty <laughs> and we get taped bats and we're good. <laughs> <laughs> rules I'm are looking rules. forward to that one. We'll have to do that one. <laughs> All right. Sounds, Sounds good, good, man. Thank you. Enjoy your enjoy your quarantine. I, I guess I'll have to uh I don't know, I'll get back I'll try to find something something else to cut you know, to ease the time of yeah. All this free time. I might have to make a TikTok or something. Oof. Oh, and, man. Uh, Be careful. Yeah, everybody's, yeah, I know. I, I tinker in the, the lines a little bit. Everybody's, you know, they're doing all these challenges on Instagram and stuff. So In your head, what, what, in your head, what does your first TikTok look like? Uh, that's a good question. Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I might have to do the uh, the classic, whatever that renegade dance is, where they're like okay. throwing their elbow. Yeah, you know, you know the cl- yeah. everybody knows it. Yeah, yeah. Or I could do the uh, the clout chasing, uh, like the it's kind of like a thirst trap, basically, yeah. where you just like you just you just put some sad music on and you record something like kind of sad. And then you're like, tune in to part two. And then it's like, <laughs> and it's like nothing, nothing's part two. It's that's really yeah. nothing. That's, that's the definitely way, the winner. That's the way to go. <laughs> that's the winner. Yeah. All, All right, right well, guys. Then. Well, I enjoyed my time. You guys are awesome. Yeah, yeah. man. Wait, we're, we get nervous to do phone calls our first times with people because we're pretty silly. But, dude, this was, this was perfect. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, man. Awesome. Well, you guys enjoy your time and stay safe. You as well. All right. That was Yankees prospect Clark Schmidt. Very nice of him to call in and join us. And a little behind the scenes. Jake and I sometimes find it very difficult to do phone interviews because the banter gets hard and things get lost when you can't see each other's faces. Clark was awesome. Clark was awesome. Um, and credit to ourselves. We're, we're fantastic interviewees. Interviewers. Wow, just, just the best. Um, but no, that was awesome. Tweet, tweet and follow Clark Schmidt. I saw him on the Twitter sphere. Um, and as you heard, he's uh, he's in quarantine mode like all of us. So tell him, tell him thanks for coming on. Yeah, do it for real. Do it for real. For real. You gonna play another sound? In, in life, unfortunately, all good things come to an end. And that was the end of this episode. Thank you, John, for walking us through that. We'll talk to you guys later. Stay safe. Go Yankees.